In today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing John Jonas, who's the founder of OnlineJobs.ph, which is the site that I recommend to everybody for finding their Filipino virtual assistants. It's a site that we have hired around 150 assistants through over the past six or seven years for both myself and our clients. And it has got around 2 million Filipino people registered there waiting to come and work for you in your business. John and I end up having so much in common. We really saw eye to eye on how people should go about hiring their assistants, how they should treat them to build trust, to be able to develop people into um, brilliant workers in your business. And in this brilliant episode, which I thoroughly enjoyed recording, we really go to town on discussing all things virtual assistants, recruitment and outsourcing. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Hey, John, thanks very much for coming on and chat with me today. For people that don't know you, just give us a two minute introduction. Who are you? What's your company? What do you do and who do you help? Um, okay, so my name is John Jonas and I am a husband, a father. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am a mediocre golfer. I like to ride my bike and ski and spend time outside and with my wife and my kids. Um, my business is, uh, it's, it's onlinejobs.ph, which is Philippines. It's a Philippines job board. So it's for employers around the world to, who are looking to hire talent, uh, virtual talent. You, it's a job board. You post a job. People are going to apply to your job. People from the Philippines are going to apply to your job. And the Philippines is specific here, and that's important. Um, and then you're on your own with them. Like we're not a middleman. We don't mark up salaries. We don't require you to stay within our system. You it's kind of like indeed.com or monster.com, but just for the Philippines and for finding virtual workers and the, the workers stay there. They work from home. They have their own computers and they have their own internet and we don't have an office in the Philippines. So, and then on the other side of that is I, I teach. So I have the job board and then I teach how and why to hire people, including like lifestyle for you and how to make it work really, really well. Cool. I'm a, an avid fan of your company of online jobs. I've been talking about what you do for many years before we've had this chance to actually have a chat about it. So, um, I'm, uh, it's a real pleasure to actually meet you uh, in the flesh, so to speak, digital flesh and, uh, and just have a, a chat about this stuff because it is really close to my heart that obviously listeners who've listened to some of my episodes before this one will know that this is the stuff that I teach. And I talk about actually John about onlinejobs.ph about John's, John's business um, as a absolutely great source. And it's the one that we recommend to our clients when I'm from the Philippines. And, and we also advocate the Philippines as a great place, but I want to hear it from you. Like, why is it, what is it about the Philippines particularly that you think makes it a great place for people in you know the States or UK or Europe or whatever to actually to hire people from? Because for people have never done that before, it would may seem a bit strange. I know it did for me before I did it. So for you, how do you sort of convince people to take the plunge and why should they do it? So it was strange for me too. Like 
the first time I did it, I, I, I was talking with this guy who was super, super successful and I respect him a lot. And he said, you know, when you're ready to start out outsourcing some of this stuff, make sure you go to the Philippines with it. And I was like, huh? Like what? Weird. And he said, yeah, because in India, when you tell them something, they say, yes, that means, yes, I heard something come out of your mouth. It doesn't mean, yes, I understood what you said. And to me, that was like, oh, like that's super, super different. And and really, it just kind of gave me hope that maybe I'd find something different because to, in my experience, everybody thinks outsourcing just sucks. It's a problem. It's a headache. It's a babysitting job. It's crappy, right? And he gave me hope that maybe the Philippines would be different. And, and I didn't know when I went there the first time that it would be different. But since then, I figured out that Number one, they're the culture there. They're honest, like they want to be honest with their foreign employer. And there's a reason for that. But the culture, there's a culture of honesty. Number two, there's a culture of loyalty, almost to a fault. Like when they start working for you, as long as you treat them well, they will probably never quit, which means, especially as a small business owner, that's such a big deal to not have turnover, because that's one of the big concerns that people have is, oh, they're going to jump ship at the first better offer they get. And that's just not true in the Philippines. And so like 0% turnover, not zero, but really, really low turnover is a really big deal. Um, they have computers and internet access, which means you don't have to go through a service to find them. You don't have to have a middleman, which when I started, I had to go through a service. There was no other option. And I, I had one of the best people I ever hired quit because of the, the office politics of the service that I had used. I was so upset. Um, so they have computers, and internet access. So, they, and that's like a ten to fifteen thousand dollar a year difference, which you know is not that big. It's not. It's not the end of the world, but it's it's a it can be a big difference. Um, they well, are. Just, just what do you mean by a ten to fifteen thousand dollar difference? Sorry, yeah, I should have made that clear. Yeah. So if. Because they have computers and the internet access at their homes, they can work from home. You don't have to go through a service to find them. You can go through onlinejobs.ph, find them directly. They work from home. You pay them their $500, $600, $700, $800 a month, whatever it is that they're asking for, yeah. versus paying an agency because you couldn't find them on your own because they have to have a computer in an office uh, who charges you $2,000, $2,500 a month yeah. and then pays them that five or $600 a month. You know, like there's just a big markup that is really kind of silly. You know, one of the things as well from working now with, I mean, we've had about for ourselves and our clients, about 150 uh, virtual assistants, I think 99% through online jobs. Um, and um, uh, what I've noticed, like speaking to many of those um, that we've worked with ourselves is that they've come from BPO is often the terminology. So the business processing, outsourcing companies like that. And, and, they actually don't get paid even that. Like what you described at 500 pounds. Sometimes they've come over from one, $1, $1, 20 an hour. And suddenly we're offering them a, a decent wage they can actually live on and help support the family. And it is just like life-changing for them. So sometimes they feel they have to do that. And when private companies like, you know, the people we work with, we work with and myself, you can offer them what to us seems like a bargain, but to them can be life-changing. I don't know if you've had a similar experience and, you know, speaking with clients, I presume you've heard that. Yeah. And I think it goes even beyond that. Like the BPO industry is kind of rough. Like they don't treat them very well. They work like crazy. They don't, yeah, they don't, they don't get paid super well often, but 
it's, it's kind of standard for them to work six days a week and maybe 10 hour shifts. And it's just not, it's just not that good. And, and then they, then they start working from home. So another couple of cultural things, they're very pleasing by nature. They speak a good American English. They are not entrepreneurial. So you combine all these things together and you get someone who's making good money, working from home, uh, working on their own hours. Usually, I mean, you can, you can have them work the, the night shift so that they're on the, t- on their online, your daytime that, that works. Um, but if you don't need to, then they get to make their own hours, which is awesome. They're working for a foreign boss, which is, it, this is so interesting in the Philippines, they look up to foreign bosses as opposed to other cultures where like, Oh, my stupid American boss, you know, at least that's, that's how I, that's the feeling that I've always that's just, got. That's just the Brits that think that, you know, <laughs> just the, it's just the Brits. No, it's not just the Brits, <laughs> but, but the Brits do think it probably. Um, and, and then there's, you know, like the, you combine all these things together and you get the situation where this person is really happy to have a full-time job in the Philippines. Is a, it's, they don't want to be called a third world country. They want to be called an emerging economy. And, um, but it's hard to find a full-time job there. And it's hard to find a long-term stable job for a good company. And so you get someone who's making good money, stable long-term job, foreign boss on their own hours, working from home. They're not entrepreneurial. They don't want to steal your business or your ideas. And, and they're very pleasing and they want to go above and beyond what you ask them to do. They, they want to contribute to the company. And so they're just willing to do really good work with the caveat that they're, they're treated well. They have to feel like they are valued and treated well and uh, that they trust you. So that's why the Philippines. And there's, there's more that I could go into, but it's a really, really good situation. Yeah, I totally agree with that, everything you said. And um, we've had, uh, you know, we're, we, our company is living proof of that exact things that we've had people stick around for, for years. Um, and when I got into working with um, uh, virtual assistants, I don't really like the terminology because when you describe what somebody does, it's you either have sort of a customer service or you have a social media expert or you have a, uh, a graphic designer that virtual assistant doesn't really describe anything. So I don't really use that. But when I started working with virtual assistants, I was super skeptical, super just worried about um, all those things you describe that aren't the case, I thought they would be. And I think that I was lucky in that I, I can't remember how I actually came across your, your website, probably through reading, probably through your book. You wrote a book many years ago, didn't you? Um, and, uh, and through reading on, on the internet. And uh, I was lucky because then my first experience of hiring my own virtual assistants, I went through a few agencies in India, didn't want so great. And the first person I had on my own was from, from the Philippines. And, uh, yeah, it just changed my opinion overnight. So yeah, massively um, and impressed that's, by them. That's not, I mean, your story isn't unique. No. Um, but I hear, I do hear this all the time from employers. I got super lucky. Like the first person I hired is amazing. Like, no, you didn't get lucky. You made a smart choice. You, you went to the Philippines, you did a good job recruiting. You didn't, you did, it, it wasn't luck, you know, like this is, it's, it's common. Let's let's talk about that. So let's talk about minimizing relying on luck in finding somebody good. So what are your top tips on somebody? Well, let's talk look towards the process. If someone wants to go and find a uh, an assistant based in the Philippines now, then click on onlinejobs.ph. 
they'd log in. What happens next? What do you recommend they do? What are your top tips for them finding somebody that's you know, the right person for their company? Okay. So I'll just preface this by saying, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you my recruiting process and how I find good people. And I, and I'm like, I'm probably like 90% that I'm going to find a great person 90% of the time. I detail this whole process at onevaaway.com. It's $49. If you use it, I guarantee you find someone good or I give you your money back. Um, I'll give you your online jobs.ph money back too, whatever, right? If you don't and we'll put all these great. links in the show notes as well so you can go up those. Okay. Okay, so let's take a step back. Before you logged in to onlinejobs.ph, um, define the role that you want to hire for. So you're not... So people are often like, uh, I, want someone to, I want someone to build my website. Fine. That's fine. You will have a much, much better experience doing this if you hire someone for something that you know how to do versus something that you don't know how to do. And, and here's why. Uh, so often, like, we're super busy, right? And we're working 50 hours a week and we're just hanging on and... And then you want to go and add to that 50 hours a week, managing a process that you don't know how to do. So now you're, you're managing something you don't know how to do. You're not managing it super well because you're already overworked and overwhelmed. And now the rest of the stuff in your business, you're not managing that very well either, right? And it, it's just not the best way to start. So the best way to start is to find something that you know how to do, that you feel like I could teach someone else to do this thing. Right. So that's even before you've gone to online jobs page, figure out something that I mean, this is my preference. And a lot of people that I see succeed, something you know how to do. Right. Okay. So then you're not hiring a skill here. And this is really important as you go through the recruiting process, because it, it really does need to be a process. You're hiring a person. You're hiring a person with a personality and with problems and with a family and needs and all of the same things that you would find in someone working in your office, they're not a skill. And so often people are like, oh, I just need this skill. Like, well, you know, hopefully you're going to work with this person for the next 15 years. I mean, I didn't say this already, but the first person I ever hired in the Philippines, 2005, still works for me today. So, okay, so you have a role defined, hopefully, you, you, something you know how to do. Now you're going to go to onlinejobs.ph, you're going to search the skill, and you're going to look at some profiles, like just look at 10 or 20, spend five or 10 minutes looking at profiles. You don't have to look at them in super detail, but you're going to learn a couple of things. Number one, you're going to learn uh, how much salary people are asking for, because on their, on their profile, they've put a salary that they want to make. And that doesn't mean you have to pay them that salary. You can negotiate, whatever, but you're going to get a really good idea of, of what people in, in that skill area want to make beginners, experts, whatever. Next, you're going to see what skills exist. Like, can I find someone that can do the work that I need done? Because like you said, you were super skeptical. I was super skeptical. That was my big hesitations was, I don't know if they can actually do good work. You know, they're in the Philippines. I, I don't know, you know. And, and then later, as soon as you start looking at profiles, your eyes, will, it's like an eye-opening experience where, wow, this person has six years of experience in social media marketing that's better than me, right? Or they're, they've been doing SEO for 11 years or you know whatever it is, right? Okay, so now it's time to post your job, uh, which should be super simple now because you know what salary you wanna pay, you know what skills you're looking for, you know, uh, you know how to accomplish what you want done. 
Um, you, you've defined the role, should be pretty simple to post your job. Now here's where the real, here's where it really starts. So you're gonna get a bunch of applicants to your job post. Now, if you've posted a, just, I'm gonna warn you a couple things. So if you've posted a general virtual assistant job, um, which you said you don't like to call them virtual assistants. I don't like to call them virtual assistants. I call them OFS, online Filipino specialists, because that's who you're hiring, right? You're hiring a graphic designer. You're not hiring a secretary, you know, which is, that's what people as associate virtual assistant with secretary, right? Yeah. So if you've posted a general virtual assistant job or something that says data entry in it, you're probably going to get a hundred applicants overnight, and you cannot deal with 100 applicants. It's, you just can't, it's too much, right? So just be aware, like don't, if you're gonna post something general, don't leave it open for 24 hours because you'll get too much. If you're posting something very specific, like I want someone that does lead generation within LinkedIn, something like that. Okay, well, you're not gonna get so many applicants and you're probably okay. So now, and, and then just so you know, if you don't get many applicants, what I do, because sometimes it happens, what I do is I go on and I proactively contact people. So you've posted your job. You've also looked at some profiles. I'm going to contact 10 or 20 of those people and, and add them to my recruiting pool. Now the goal is to hire the best available person. So what I do is I start interviewing people through email. I ask them one, two, three, four questions in an email and get their response back. And then I'll ask them one, two, three, four questions again, and I'll do that five or 10 times. What most people want to do is jump straight to a Zoom interview with the person. And in my experience, that is the wrong thing to do because in the Philippines, the number one issue you'll run into them is them feeling shy. They, they call it shy, but they don't want to feel embarrassed. They don't want to feel like they've let you down. They don't want to feel, they don't want to lose face. And getting on to a Zoom interview with a foreign boss before you have any interaction with them is so, so scary to them that they are likely, very, very likely to not show up to the interview. And people are always, people always tell me, oh, there's the people in the Philippines are stupid because they scheduled the interview and then they didn't show up. And that's so unprofessional. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I told you don't do the Zoom interview, but you still insisted on doing it and they didn't show up. And that's correct. They're, if you, you try and schedule 10 of them, two will show up out of those 10. Um, okay, so now in my process, I, I email, I, I interview them through email. And part of the reason is because I'm lazy and, and sending an email takes 20 seconds versus an interview that takes 30 minutes. And then number two, this is a virtual relationship. Like most of our communication is going to happen through email or through a project manager system or through chat or something like that. And so I want to have the interview process be similar to how, how our working relationship is going to be. So I get to look at a bunch of things in this. Number one, if I ask them four questions and they only answer three, well, then the chance of them only doing three out of four tasks that I assign are really high. And that doesn't work for me. Or I get to see their attention to detail. So in, in that, I get to see their attention to detail, right? Or if I, if I send them an email today and they respond in four or six or 10 hours, like, sweet, that's great. If it takes them two or three days to respond, well, you know, the chances of them taking two or three days to respond after I've hired them, you know, it's high and that doesn't work for me. 
Um, and then I get to see their, their English. So how does their English and their skills in their emails compare to what they wrote on their profile? Because if there's a difference there, well, you know, it's reasonable to have your friend help you write or edit your online jobs.ph profile. It's not reasonable to have your friend edit 10 emails. And so if there's a difference, there's a red flag for me. And I'm looking for any other red flags that might be like, is this person, does this person an expert programmer and designer and social media person and content writer? And like that person doesn't exist, right? But that person will show up on onlinejobs.ph occasionally. And that, you know, that's a red flag for me. Are they also asking only for 400 US dollars per month? You know, like, well, it's not, not super reasonable. So that's, I will, what you'll find as you do this, as you send these emails, as you have more communication with them, and you can do this through chat, that works. You'll find that people will drop themselves out of your recruiting process. You'll drop people out of your recruiting process. You'll have a cringy feeling towards some of them. Like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to open this email from this person. Or no, I'm super excited to get this email back from this person, right? And that's a good sign towards, I mean, if you're going to work with them for years and years and years, I hope you're not cringing every time you get an email from them. And, and I've had that experience where I hired the, a person based on their skill and not skill plus personality, right? And, and then I worked with them for months and months and it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, and even though it's virtual, it, that, that still exists. Um, so then you're, you're going to have a really good idea of who you want to hire at this point. Maybe you've narrowed it down to one or two or three. Uh, it's a good time to negotiate with them, salary working hours, pay time off, whatever. Uh, it's also a good time to offer a test task. So if you're going to have them do a task test, you're, you're looking for a couple of different things here. Not just you have three different people do the task test or six people, whatever, not just who does it best, but who do I work with best, right? Like who can I work with to accomplish this thing? And you're not trying to accomplish something productive for your business. You're trying to get something done to see how do we work together? Um, and if it's going to take them more than 30 minutes, you should pay them for the test. Their Filipinos are very scared of doing work and not getting paid. And then like make them a job offer. You know, I, I, I want to hire you. I want to hire you full time, 40 hours a week. Here's how much I want to pay you. What do you think? When can you start? Yes, sir. I accept I can start tomorrow. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's not the same as in the U S like, Oh, I I'm six weeks out or, you know, so is that, is that, that's what you were hoping for? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, uh, lots of similarities to the way that we talk about hiring. I think the, this idea of, um, people just jumping on a zoom interview and wondering why it doesn't work out is I'm really glad to hear you say that. Cause I've had exactly the same experience and I similarly, we have steps that come before that's the very last thing. And it's just really the icing on the cake. Can I actually sit in a room with this person and have a chat and not, like you say, feel this is weird or cringing. That's, it's, that's all of that interview is about for me. It's really just like the shoe in almost. So everything has come before that. So yeah. yeah and if you totally do it at agree. the end, you're totally right. Do it at the end of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're going to like, we, we, um, we, for example, have um, team meetings with the, with the staff and we go on the zoom. So I want people to be okay with that because that's how I build rapport and trust. So um, there's, there's that, and that's totally possible. And actually all of our team, yeah, they're shy at first, like you say. And once you've got over that, once they trust you and they open up, like you said, that trust, you build trust with somebody and you do that, 
over a period of time. It's not all happening on day one on in the interview, like in the in the recruitment process. But then people do open up, and you have can have amazing relationships with with people that you never meet. They're on the other side of the planet, different cultures, but actually the culture is similar enough that I, that I think working, I find working with Filipinos incredibly easy. On generally, it's, you know, obviously you can't you know cast the same the, have the same brush across the whole population, but on the whole. Uh, I think as a population, um, the cultural um, differences between us and them are, uh, or the cultural similarities are strong enough to make it work. So, yeah. They're very Westernized. Yeah. 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 Like I said, American English. You did, you did say something really interesting to me. Um, The trust piece. So, and I've talked about this just so people listening know you have this feeling of, I don't know if I can trust this person. Right. I mean, everybody goes into this. I, I don't know if I can trust this person I'm hiring. They have that same feeling towards you, but their feeling is stronger than yours. So, and and that's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to think like, how could they not trust me? Like I'm the boss, you know, they don't trust you. And until they trust you, they don't want to do good work. They don't want to put in the effort. They don't want to go above and beyond. They, they just want to do the minimal amount possible because their feeling is if I do more than I might do it wrong. And then you're going to be mad at me. So until they trust you, you have to do things to actively gain their trust. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the, again, it's these is the, what people do wrong in the early stages. So I'll get your, your info on this. But one, one of the things just on this, this, this uh, uh, point of trust is that, like you say, trust is a two-way street. And the more you trust somebody, the more you'll let them do stuff. And vice versa, I'm like exactly what you just said. I'm really repeating what you said. But I think what's interesting is um, that the, to build that trust is actually a lot simpler than you think. You just don't come down on them like a ton of bricks every time they make a mistake in the first few weeks. You, you support and you courage and you give feedback on the good stuff and not criticize, criticize, criticize. And very quickly, that trust battery, as, you can make, as some people call it, gets, gets charged up. And then once it's charged, it's easy to maintain it. But if you don't do that at the beginning, then I think that it's, well, you can't ever, you know, once it's flat, it's gone. And um, it's really hard. so, yeah, I'm really, yeah, very, uh, very important point to sort of drill home. I think it's one of the things I see commonly done wrong at the beginning. So, yeah. What are your other top tips for getting started well, making it actually work, getting people to stick around for the long term? Do you have any, do you have any other top tips that you can, you can offer? Uh, y- yeah. So, um, in, in building trust with them, a, a really big deal is the amount and the quality of training and feedback. So you bring someone into the business, they're already really good at SEO. They still need and want, they still really want training. Like it's part of their culture there. They call it OJT on the, on the job training. And it's, it's kind of expected like the government backs on the job training in the Philippines, right? So they really want some training. And, and part of that training is, is learning, but part of that training is them seeing, yes, my boss is willing to invest in me. I'm willing to invest in, my, in, in the boss and in the business. That's, that's their reaction to it. So that, that initial training is important. And then feedback, like it, so this doesn't work for everybody. And Specifically, if you don't want to have any interaction with these people, you just want to assign something and walk away like, I don't care what you do, you know, that you're not going to have a good experience in the Philippines. They want feedback from you. They want 
they want some sort of interaction. And so the feedback that you provide, it goes a long ways towards establishing the trust, towards having them be willing to go to, to do more. The way that I do this is with Snagit. So it's a screen capture, screen recording pro program. A lot of people will know Loom or maybe Camtasia Studio. Don't use Camtasia Studio. Um, Loom is great. And there's, there's a whole bunch of these. Uh, I use Snagit. And it just sits open on your desktop. For people who don't know, it sits open on your desktop. You drag it out and it's going to record. Either it's going to take a screenshot of your desktop, which you can then draw on or write notes on and then send it to them. So they see they see what is going on. Or it's going to record your, it's going to record a video, whatever you want. And so I will very, very often record a video. And it's going to record my mouse, my screen, my voice. And I'm just going to talk through the process with them. Like, hey, here's what... Here, here's this website and I want you to go and grab this piece of data and then I want you to take it over here and I want you to look at this, look at how it compares to this and I want you to evaluate this if it's higher or it's lower. And, and so I'm just going to talk through this whole process. And then the magic of Snagit or Loom is that you click stop, you click upload, it uploads it to the cloud, it gives you the URL of the video and all you have to do is send them the URL. The video is already available for them. They can watch as many times as they want. You don't have to deal with your hosting account or FTP or any of that junk. It's just, it's there, right? So that, that makes, dang, that makes managing and training and feedback, the whole thing so much easier. And then they also get to hear your voice um, and it's asynchronous. So for me, I don't want to meet with people. Uh, I hate, I hate meetings. I, I despise meetings. <laughs> And, and so the, in this, they get to hear my voice and sometimes they get to see me because I'll include like myself in the corner of it, which is super easy. And, and that builds trust, just them hearing my voice and getting to know my personality and seeing me, it, it, that, that also helps to build the trust. Yep. Great tips. I, I uh, totally agree. Um, I think everything you've said now, I think uh, we're on the very much the same page and uh, it's very interesting to hear you. Uh, I, I feel like... Uh, We've worked, we've worked independently to come to the same conclusions about so much stuff that it must be right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's, that's not, so I'll, I'll do case studies with people while, where I'll interview people and I'll hear them. I mean, they, in their own word, but they're saying the same things that I do. And it's like, oh yeah, I see, I see why you're succeeding at this. You yeah. know, like yeah. you're doing, you're doing it right. You know, and you're obviously doing it right. <laughs> so, and some of that is just like, some people just kind of want or think they're hiring a robot. And so you can treat them like a robot. Like they don't have any feelings, but they do like this. It's a person, it's a human and they have feelings and they have, and they're going to have a problem in their life where they may come to you for help with their problem or, you know, it, you're working with a person that wants to help you yeah. and they really want help. And, I think one of the real surprising things that I've experienced over the years is um, how incredibly open and trusting on a personal level that my staff have been. And I've not really hired staff from any other country um, other than the Philippines. So I can't really compare it very much to anything else. I've worked as a, an employee in, in other companies. I never had this relationship with my boss. And, um, but as a, as a business owner, and having staff come to me and I, I try and meet them once a week and I do a, a, a meeting with them and they get the opportunity just to talk about whatever's on their mind. And typically 90% of the time is work, but actually just giving them the voice or the other platform to be able to just talk about whatever they want. And 
and family issues and problems at home and deaths in the family. And, you know, we have, because we've got that relationship, then when stuff happens with them and because you've got that, that openness, they tell me. And so when their work level drops or their performance, or they say, you know, I'm really struggling, you know, whatever, or they they don't say it and know what's going on because they've told me. And then you become far more, um, what's the word? You let it, you know, you let it slide. It's like, well, this is just, you know, give them a bit of breathing room. But if you don't do that, if you don't build that trust that we talked about before and give people a platform and, and, and understand that this is a human being, like you're saying, you know, they have just the same problems that we have. It's just a human, like with a family and everything. So, so you've got to get, give people the opportunity, like if you can build enough trust and give people the platform, the opportunity to, to open up to you, because you'll find out more useful stuff for you for, to, to understand and help you be a better boss as well, because you can treat people with compassion and, and empathy. And, and, and that goes a long, long way to building that lasting trust that you talked about earlier as well. So, yeah. And if you do that, you'll, you're probably also going to find like, I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've done this where I've also learned, Oh, I hired you to do customer support, but you're also really, really good at design. Yeah. What? How? Or like, Oh, you've also previously managed social media accounts for other people, you know? And, and I start to find, Oh, you're, like really, really valuable. Um, and yeah, some of that is just learning to trust. Yeah. We do, we do a thing called, um, know it, know it, want it, hate it. And it's just a spreadsheet. And we list down one side, every single thing we can, I can possibly think of in the company. And we give it to our staff periodically when they start. And then every sort of six months or a year or so, just to make sure they haven't actually changed their, changed their mind about stuff. And, uh, and they just rate it. Do they know it? Do they want it? Do they hate it? And that's it. And basically that is an absolute gold mine. You suddenly like, like you just said, you said like, Oh, my uh, assistant that's been like posting on social media, doing nothing else has got a master's degree in you know, business studies. I don't know, whatever, you know, it's just <laughs> absolutely like, fascinating to, uh, to see that stuff and give people a platform to, to share it. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm writing this one down. I'm writing this one down. Cause I, I really like that idea. I did a podcast on it. If you want to listen to the podcast. Oh, I do want to listen to it. Okay. I'll find yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Check out the podcast. It's called know it, want it, hate it. I think, um, is the podcast. So yeah. And I think there's even a template you can nick there, John. So help me. Awesome. I love it. Cool. Um, so one last question before we, we wrap things up. This is, I, I literally could talk about this for hours. This is, this is my favorite subject. So uh, we could literally go on for hours, but I will wrap it up. And, um, but what is the biggest myth, the biggest, false belief or whatever word you want to call it that you that you hear time and time again that you wish you could just eliminate from people's minds that would make the biggest difference to them maybe either starting or being successful with or just basically making headway with with outsourcing or hiring a virtual assistant or um, one of those things so i have a couple of them okay um one is the word virtual assistant <laughs> there you go because it, it like Oh no, they can only do data. They can only, if you, they can only follow directions and that's all they can do. They won't think like, no, that's just wrong, straight wrong. And, but that's the perception that people have. Um, And I can tell you story after story after story of people going above and beyond or reading between the lines and my instructions being horrendous and them coming up with solutions. And so that's, that's one thing. Another, another one would be like the opposite, the full opposite end of it, where 
uh, I need someone that can take over my business, can build me a business that is going to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Like, well, you know, they're still human. This isn't like Superman here, you know? Um, so th those are really like the big, you're hiring a person, you know, and they're capable and they want to contribute and they're not going to run your business for you. <laughs> you know, you, you need to be the CEO, but yeah. Can I find talented people? Yes. You can find talented people. You can find really talented people. You can find like top notch people. You can find people who are experienced. You can find people who are super beginner. You can find the whole spectrum at onlinejobs.ph is almost 2 million profiles of Filipino workers, which is like 8% of the working of the workforce in the Philippines. Wow. Right? So it's, it's not, and there, there's a hundred million people in the Philippines, um, but the workforce like ages 22 to 55 or something like that, it's like 8% of them. And dang, there's a lot of talent. So, and those are, those are the real big, can I trust this person? We talked about that. Um, but can I find talent and uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I am. Um, again, I agree. Good points. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a couple of signature questions just to wrap things up. Uh, sure. First one, you've already mentioned Snagit, but any other top apps you can recommend to people to check out? So I really love Basecamp as my project management system. I, one of the things I love with Basecamp is that it lets you interact. It lets you interact with Basecamp how you want to interact. My business partner never, ever logs into Basecamp. He only uses email. And so every task in Basecamp that applies to him gets emailed to him and he replies to email and it and it's seamless. It's perfect. I very often use it with on my phone and I get so much done on my phone. And then I often use it on their Mac app. Basecamp is another really, really good one that I love. We use a lot of Google drive for things. Yeah. Um, have you read we do. just off, off the uh, bit of a tangent, but have you read uh, the book that guys, the owners of Basecamp wrote? called it doesn't have to be like that at work i haven't read that one i've read rework and i've read remote yeah okay that, that's a good it's basically like it's a it's just a book of policies like manifest not manifest but policies company policies really interesting about how they basically structure their company but yeah really really good right like such a good book yeah. And as I, so often as I read it, I'm like, oh, sweet. That's how we're doing things. And, and maybe that's why I think it's such a good book because. Oh, which like, is that oh, book? This is, which is, what's the title? I don't remember. Rework is one of them. May have and, different title. That, that one, the, the, I'm sure that one's called, I might have it on my shelf. It doesn't have to be like that at work or something, but maybe they're giving it different titles. and different. I think that's their third book. Yeah. Okay. I think they've okay, written yeah. three, Rework and Remote. And I think it doesn't have to be like that at work. I yeah. Think. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Anyway, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, those guys are so good. We digress. Um, anyone else you would think might be a great guest on this podcast? So here's something interesting about me. Um, so I have some extrovert qualities and I have some introvert qualities. And I don't really know people. I'm not a networker. I... My wife is such a networker. She talks to everybody and knows everybody. And, and I'm not. 
And so like one of the reasons I wanted to work from home and work for myself was so I was alone. <laughs> and so I, I don't know. I don't like, I I'm, I'm good. I don't know if you know, Russell Brunson at all. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm good friends with Russell. Yeah. And, and every time we're together, we're like, we're on vacation or something. And, and he's like, Oh, do you, you know, this person, and this person was doing, and I was like, yeah, I don't know that person. This person was doing, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know that person. I, I, I don't know anybody. So I would love to tell you someone who would be great, but I, I just, well, if you, you know, if you feel Russell's looking for a show to come on, I'll quite happily have him on. So <laughs> I'll say something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've done a lot of work with Russell actually. I was on his uh, TCCX program for a while. So okay. um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, read, you know, his books and stuff. So strong believe in what he does. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, the title of this podcast is systemize your success, but do you believe you can actually systemize it? And if so, how? Okay. This is actually a really good one. So I read The E-Myth Revisited, Michael Gerber, which I'm sure a lot of your people have, have read, right? Great book. And he, he talks about how you have to create SOPs. And I hate creating SOPs. And I'm not good at it. And it sucks. And I think a lot of small business owners are like this. Like, you have to systematize these things. You have to, you have to make this so that if this person leaves, then... I mean, he talks about the right-hand man that you know, leaves and then your business falls apart. And, and I just don't have that experience. That's not the experience that I've had where like the first person I ever hired in the Philippines still works for me today. And the third person I ever hired still works for me today. And the fourth and the fifth and, and not the second, because he ended up getting a job in Singapore, making 10 times what I was paying him. And I was like, sweet, go ahead. And he said, Oh, don't worry, sir. I'll still work for you at the rate you're currently paying me. Right. Um, and that lasted for a little while. And then he was just making too much money and that was sweet for him. Um, so for me, how do you systematize a business for most small business owners to, it works the best. I think if you can do it slowly over time and by accomplishing things. So the way I systematize is I create a snag it video and I give it to someone and they do part of the task. And I see this didn't work out very well. And so I create another video and then I create another video and we work through it until we get it right. And then I have all that training and I have that person who still works for me today, you know, like however many years later, when, you know, from 2012 or 2015 or whatever. And then I'll have them create standard operating procedures in the business for here's how we do this thing. Here's, here's what it is. Right. So how do you systematize to me? The best way is hire someone that's going to be super loyal and intelligent and honest and hardworking. And, and, and I know it's a leap for a lot of people. It's a leap. Like, I don't know if I can trust this person. I don't know if they can do good work. I don't know if I can keep them busy. It's a leap for sure. And then you work with that person to accomplish something. And all of a sudden you have not only a person accomplishing something, but you have all of the training you've done to create that something and now you have a standard operating procedure that works. I like it. Final question. What, is, what does success mean to you? So it wasn't that long ago that I realized that I'm super driven by freedom. And time freedom, money freedom, responsibility freedom. And so every decision I make in my business and in my life is based on freedom. And so I success 
so that's that's part of it and to me success is progress like is there progress being made then we're succeeding it, when progress is halted then we're not succeeding and if if progress is towards me having to do more work or me having to be more responsible then that's the opposite does that make sense yeah yeah definitely cool well john thank you very much indeed just before we go do you want to just tell people again how they can get in contact with you and where, where would you like to send people if they want to find out more about you so onlinejobs.ph is the job board one vaoa.com is the is my process that i'll walk you through to find someone if you just want less, um, you can go to vaquickstartguide.com, which is a, it's like 24 things you need to know. Uh, if you want help with your job, I have vajobposttemplates.com. The VA Quick Start Guide and VA Job Post Templates are free. So those are, those are both really good. If you want to contact me and have something for me, I never log into social media. But if you contact me on social media, someone on my team, someone in the Philippines, uh, we'll send it to me. Um, she does this regularly. She takes a screenshot of whatever the comment was, sends it to me in email because that's how I want to interact because it's super fast for me and I don't get distracted with Facebook's endless Facebookness. And then I will respond directly to you. She'll just be the one responding to you, but it'll be from me. Or if you want to contact me through email, that works fine too. John at onlinejobs.ph. Cool. Perfect. Thank you very much indeed. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, hope we get the chats again soon. Cheers. Hey, thanks. This has been fun. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Your Success.